Okay, good morning. We are starting on Yura Muralef and Moed Katan. The beginning of the, right at the top of the page, the Gemara is quoting a piece from the Mishnah that we had on Chet Amudbet of Hahediot Tofer Kedarko, that a regular person can sew proper, um, the way he normally does, um, the same way as he does during the year or all the time. He's also able to do that on Cholamod. Remember, Cholamod, we're not supposed to be really doing Malacha. It's those intermediate days. Just they're set up to do Ochel Nefesh, Bilvad, whatever you really need to do to survive. So, Hahediot Tofer Kedarko. Hechidami, so what's the case? Hahediot, Hechidami Hediot. Who is a person who is a regular person, meaning they're not a professional sewer or seamstress or anything of the sort? So, Amri Debe Rabbianai, they say in the, in the, in the name, uh, the, the yeshiva of Rav Yanai, Kol anyone who cannot get a full length of sewing at once. Meaning, let's say the the, the needle is, uh, for argument's sake, three inches long. If a, if a person can't go in one breath, so to say, sew three that that three inches <coughs> of of sewing, ding 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 ding. If they can't do that, then they would be considered a regular person. If you could sew the full length of that needle, then you are considered to be a professional. So this is an interesting um, concept, as Rashi explains. Imagine you have thick um, garment, a uh, thick um, material. material and thinner material, and you want to make it like seamless. Uh, at where, let's say if you want to do it by the bottom of the feet or by sleeves or something, so you'd have to cut the the material on an angle and then sew it on that it's like almost like seamless. Mm-hmm. If you could do that, you're considered professional. If it, you can't do that, so then you're considered a regular a regular Joe. Okay, v'ha'omen machliv. This is the next part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah that that's said that we had on Chetamudbet said v'ha'omen machliv. What does that mean? What does it translate say? Okay, well, here, that's exactly what the Gemara is going to speak about. My machliv, what does that mean, machliv? Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Mafsiya, Rabbi Barshmuel Omer, Sheni Kalvata. So, um, Rabbi Yochanan says that it means to, it has to do with the sewing. If you can, what you are allowed to do is you're allowed to sew spaced out. You know, kind of like when you go to the, uh, to the uh, seamstress mm-hmm. and she just like lifts it up with a needle or something imagine she'd take a little bit of thread and just sew and let's say supposed to sew every every i don't know in other words a, a stitch a stitch exactly every so more often. space than it should normally be yeah, okay. just in order to hold it up that would be allowed but if not it would not be uh, allowed so the, the difference between um mafsia is just to make them um to make them further from one another, and uh, Rabbi Rav Shmuel says um, it's done like shene kalbita, like the teeth of a dog. Teeth of a dog are not all lined up like a human being; rather, there's space in between, so then you can do spaces in between each one, and then that would not be considered professional work on cholamoid. Next, <laughs> good. I'm laughing. As long as it's not professional, perfect. It's again, you can still survive. Uh, and and wear clothes that are not f- properly properly stitched. They just need to be held up from falling or from ripping or whatever. Right. That could be done on on cholamoid, but something professional, which is long term, then it should not be done. Next, masrigin et ha mitot. So we're not allowed to do something to the beds. What are you not allowed to do? My masrigin, my 
Umay which is what the continuation of the Mishnah says, as follows. So we had a machlek between these rabbis, and they are arguing on what is the uh, different opinions between Rav Chizkiah and Rav Yochanan mm-hmm. to understand what is Masrigin and what is Mimatchin. So one's opinion is that what you're doing is you're stitching um, both sheti and erev horizontally and vertically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is no sheti below erev, which I think is just horizontal and not vertical. Right? I have no clue. Anyone following in, in the I, arts I group? I am following, but... The, the it's only one direction... Uh, rather than horizontal and vertical. Okay. And the other opinion is no. Masrigan is besheti below erev. It's only one of the two. Let's say horizontal and not vertical. Umatchin is sheim haya That if the the th- the garment was um, needed to let's say to be pulled in order for it to be looked looking good, then you uh, that's what that means. Let's say the garment is like all tugged up, and there's a thread sticking out to so just pull it out. That is what Mimatcho means. So now the Gemara says, Aini, is that so? Is that really what the two opinions could be? We have a Braita that will tell us differently. There is a Braita that says that everyone agrees that you're not allowed to be Mafshil the Chavalim Lechatchila. So Mafshil Chavalim would mean that you're not allowed to um, pull. Pull in both directions, yeah? What do you have there, Yaakov? Twist and new Twist. Twist and? Twist new ropes. Twist new ropes on, on Chol HaMoed, meaning, meaning twi- not sewing it up, but like twining it and twisting it up both, both ways. exactly, in both ways, in Sheti and Erev, in horizontal and vertical. That would not be allowed to do on, uh, it's, a per- exactly, it's a permanent type of rope making on, uh, on, on Chol HaMoed. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now, Bishlama, so now the Gemara is going to ask this question now. Bishlama, the Mandamar, Masrikin Sheti Verev, Matrin Sheti below Erev. Makes sense according to the first opinion that we brought that Masrikin, which you're not allowed to do, is Sheti and Erev, and Mamatrin is Sheti below Erev. But, Hainu Diktani Rav Tavchilfa, that fits along very well with the right that we brought down, Bashmul, that Shavin Shen Mafshilin Chavalin Chatchila, because then. You would be going again in both horizontal and vertical direction when you're making those th- that 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 rope. You just told me you're not allowed to do it in vertical and horizontal. What's the what's the this bright is coming and telling me that you're not allowed to make a you're not allowed to make this type of rope. It's obviously you shouldn't be allowed to make this type of rope. So basically, according to the second opinion, this Breita seems to be redundant and obvious what type of Chiddush is this Breita coming to teach us. Good? So, Amar Lei Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Lerbchia Baravin Mi Ika Lamanda Amar Masrikin Sheti Below Erev One second, is there really an opinion that hold Masrikin means that it's only in one direction that you were sewing it and not in the other direction. We have a, a Mishnah that says, Rabbi Meir, Meir, Hamita, is that Mita or Mata? Hamita. Hamita, Shlosha Batim, if you, Yisrog, is to, 
Yeah. What do you have translated as Yisrog? Wherever it's a Viking. Yeah. Oh, Sargon, okay. no one disagrees, it means to weave the rope. To weave it. Okay, so Amita Mishishrogit So, what's the question over there? Um, so, again, a, bread, a, a bed which exactly is now considered to be a kli, that it's makabal tuma. Because if it's not a cleave, it's not a utensil, it can't be macabre tuma. Once it was um, sewed up with three different batim houses, which just means it's a, it's, a, it's a certain amount of length for it to be considered big enough to be usable. Then that's when it is now rendered to be tame, and that's when it now it becomes a cleave, and we know we're not supposed to make a cleave on cholamoid. So the question is, um, how could it be that you would be allowed to go in both the sheti and erev, horizontal and vertical. We learn from here that the terminology of sriga is something which is said by by ropes. How can you say that 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 sriga is 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 a terminology also to sew and also to make a rope? Meaning, there's normally different verbs for every different type of of action. How could we be using this terminology here? As well. So rather, the Gemara comes and says, No, you know what it means? It means as follows. Ela kiata Ravin Amar. When Ravin came, he said, That what everyone understands is the word Masrigin means to be in a horizontal and vertical uh, way. Ela kipligi, what they were arguing on is that second word of Bimatrin. So, Basically, everyone agrees on what the first word was. It was that second word. What did that second word mean? So, Meitve, now the Gemara brings Brysa to argue. Masrigin et amita ve'en tzarech lomar shoyematchin divi reb meir. So, you're allowed to do this sirug, which means you're going to be sewing it or tying it together in both horizontal and vertical. Right. However, you're not allowed to be mematchin it. Divi reb meir. And reb yosio mematchin avalo masrigin. The exact opposite. Okay. And Vyashon, there's another opinion that in Matrin Kolekar, you're not allowed to be pulling that 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 garment in, in any way possible. So now, that's three different opinions. We have one that is Makel, one which is medium, and then one which is most Machmir Bishlam and one Dharma Matrin Sheti below Erev. Hainu, De Atu Yesh Omrim Lafligu. Elaman Dharma Shima Yerafoy Matrod, De Yesh Omrim Matronami Lo. So, if, if according to the middle opinion, there is no machloket. Again, whenever you bring a, a, a brisa and there's three opinions, each of them need to argue on it, upon each other. But if you're going with the opinion, if you're going with the opinion that mematrin means both in both directions. Again, this is very technical. That's why it's a little it's a little difficult. This is very very technical. Okay, but if you, if you go according to the opinion that mematrin means only in let's say horizontally and not not vertical so then fine it makes sense that the yeshram is coming to argue but if you go according to the opinion that the matrin means to just pull out so then what's the difference between the second opinion and the third opinion is absolutely no difference mm-hmm. answers the gemara as follows in yes really the yesh omrim says you're not even allowed to pull and that kevan de efshar lo tarchinan he says over here, since a person could really um, 
put something under the bed mm-hmm. to hold the bed up rather than tying some type of rope or sewing it to hold it up well, then hold on to, to kind of like give this context because i don't know do you, you guys understand what they're talking about so go, go put it into... no because i wasn't sure Okay, we're talking about we're talking about a bed that's held up. Yeah. It's kind of like a hammock, but not really a hammock. Rather it's... than a bed spring or something like you know, like a, a, a box spring, mm-hmm. where they put a mattress on top of a. Yeah, it's it's almost like that. It's where it's like they use rope, in order to like put your mattress on top of it or whatever it is you're gonna lie on. So they take the rope and they tie it to something on one side and then the other side and then. The opposite direction, you know, crosswise and lengthwise, you know. Support. Yeah. To support, exactly. Yeah, to tie. And, and what this whole thing seems to be talking about is, is if it's like something permanent or not permanent. Or not weave them, how permanent or not permanent. It's, I, think, I, think, I think that's a good idea. Like a hammock would be the best, best comparison, but not a, not a hammock which is very like. Right. Rather a hammock which is really tight. pulled out tight and. So this way, when you put some pillows on it, it's kind of like a mattress. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, concept yeah. over here. So he says over here, you know what? According to that other opinion, it's not the end of the world because if you really need to hold your your the, that opinion, that most stringent opinion that you can't even just pull it out, right? Would say, don't worry, you just put your mattress on I don't know barrels or on 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 something put on, else put on the floor. in order that know. you have storage space yeah. to put to put under it. Again, back in the time of the Gemara, they didn't have cupboards and closets and stuff they had two places to store items number one was in the cracks in the walls and number two was under their beds okay basically so, on the floor it sounds like exactly yeah <laughs> or or in the cracks of, of their walls again their walls were not were not plastered and nice and everything they they were like these just boulders and bricks and then you know in between you found little little places to uh to put your items whatever it is jewelry uh, <laughs> utensils so so here we're also trying to make space to where you're going to put things uh under underneath okay moving on to the next mission i don't yeah. think it's going to be as complicated as this first piece that we did mm-hmm. and let's go mishnah says as follows so you're allowed to um Make ma'amidin literally means to put up, but you could bolt, you could build. That's what it means over here. Mm-hmm. You can build an oven, a stovetop, and a rechaim, um, which is uh, how do we how would we translate that? I forget how you translate it. It says um, here we may set up an oven, a stove, or a pair of millstones. There you go. Mode. Okay, uh, so the pair of millstones is in order to grind, whether it's flour or whatever else. Uh, Whatever else needs to be ground in order to, to, to eat. Okay? On Cholamod, you're allowed to make one of these, three or all three of them, whatever is needed. Again, only if it's needed. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, En mechavshin et arachayim batchila. Rabbi Yehuda says you're not allowed to do something called chavish on, uh, on, on Cholamod to a millstone. Mm-hmm. So now that's the first question. It's my mechavshin. What does Rabbi Yehuda uh, prohibit doing on of this thing called Mechavshin. So Rabbi Yehuda Amar Menaker Rechaya Refchichil Amar Bat Eina. So there's a there's a two machlokas. What does Rabbi Yehuda mean? Rav Yehuda says is talking about being Menaker Rechaya. Menaker Rechaya means um, that what they would do is they would take. Imagine if you had two um, smooth stones. How would two smooth stones rub against each other and crush whatever grain you're trying to? It wouldn't really work well. So what we have to do is one of them, or ideally both, but at least one of them, would have to have grooves made in them, kind of like almost like teeth, in order to 
grind those grains or whatever you're doing. So he says that you're not allowed to do on Cholamod because, again, that's something that's really, really professional. You could get away banging two or, or uh, two flat stones with one another just to eat for, for the week, right? But when you start making those permanent grooves, that's like a long-term uh, item for Cholamod. Again, this is very hard for us to understand because we've so, turned Cholamod into... Thank God for Publix. Right. <laughs> yeah, like... Right. Again, our Cholamod is very different, <coughs> is, is, is almost as similar to a regular day opposed to back then because, again, they used to have real malacha when they needed to do something like sure. make bread and it's not, it's not like it is yeah. today. Okay, now Rav Yechiel says, no, it's a bat'ena. You're not allowed to make that very special hole in the middle of that millstone which the grain would fall into okay and again that's something which is considered permanent because it really if it's something temporary i don't care if the, the the grain falls in the middle or on the side you know i'll go pick it up it's not a long-term solution that we're trying to take care of so made today the brightsa comes and argues on this concept you are allowed to make a uh a an oven and a and a, a stove and an, an oven and a stove on cholamoid oh, okay. as long as you don't make it a real permanent finishing off the building at Afigmor said no problem start it off finish it off do it from beginning to end Rabbi Yehuda Omer third opinion Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mishmo says in the name in his name you're allowed to build a brand new one and you're allowed to be mechavish remember that we had two different opinions what that means either making those grooves or making the hole you're allowed to do that to an old one let's say the old one's not functioning properly mm-hmm. you could either make those grooves on the stone or make a hole in the middle of it and there's another opinion that says you cannot do any chivush, whatever that means, whether it's the, the grooves or the hole at all. Bishlama, so now th- we have uh, this Braita which argues on what we just said. So Bishlama, the Mandamar, now it's going to speak out the question. Makes sense according to the one that says Mechavshin is to make the hole Menake Rechaya, Hainu de Mishkachat Labishena. Therefore, it could be found that you have an old an old millstone that doesn't have a proper hole. But El Mandamar Bataina, if, uh, one second. Sorry. Bishla makes sense according to the to the opinion that says that the grooves were not done because because yeah, you could have an old an old millstone that e- that, out, that either got worn out or whatever the case yeah. is that those grooves. But could there be uh Lamala? Meaning every millstone has a hole in the middle of it. There's no use for it almost, especially a long-term use. If it's against, if it's, if it's an old millstone, there'd be a hole in there. So, what type of situation would you be? Is is the is the brayta talking about mm-hmm. that the that that the hole was never was never done? You cannot find an old millstone without a hole, basically. So it gives an answer as follows: Kigon, you know, we're talking about the kabai larvuchetve porta. What's talking about is making that hole bigger. Let's say that hole is not big enough for whatever is being it needs to be used now. That's considered an old one, and that's what you'd be allowed to do according to that Yesh Omrim. Rav Huna, now uh, a little story. 
a little scary, but you'll see what he says over here. <laughs> you're, you're not going to like this one. Rav Huna Shamei Le'ahu Gavra. Rav Huna heard about a certain guy, that the guy was making a hole. Sorry, the guy was, was, was making the grooves in his millstone on Cholamod. Amar, so you know what he said? Man hai, who is that person who is making the grooves on his millstone on Cholamod? Atchil gufei de kamachil chule de moada. Um, yeah, that that's yeah, the Moada. So uh, let me just let me just translate that. Pro- let me just translate that properly for you. One second. He says over here. Let this person unfortunately. Basically, he 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 said so that this person who desecrated the the uh, this is this is a basically this person who desecrated Cholamoid should get sick or something like. Yeah. Yeah, in here they they say may his body be desecrated because he desecrated Cholamoid. Basically, he's getting cursed that he should that he yeah. should fall sick for for desecrating Cholamoid. Uh-huh. And the Gemara now explains why Rav Huna was so stringent because Savar because he held like the Yeshomrim in the Brita that says you can't do anything even to an old millstone. Moving on, Dash Rav Chama. So now a couple more halachos uh, in the same concept of, of grinding and millstones and, and all that type of stuff on, on Cholamoid. Darash Rav Chama Nokrin Rechaim Bamoed. You are allowed to be Noker, um, a Rechaim, a which means you're allowed to make that, that hole in the Rechaim, whether it's a new one or an old one on Cholamoid, I guess because it's, a, it's an absolute necessity for it to be used. Mishum Rabbi Meir, uh, in the name of Rabbi Meir, it was said, You're even allowed to have a, a, to get a horse or a donkey to push the millstone for you on Cholamoid, and that's not considered so sophisticated <coughs> that, uh, that you wouldn't be, that, that, that would be called Malacha on Cholamoid. You're allowed to cut the, the nails of the animals the nails of the animals, the hooves. the hooves, exactly, on the on Cholamoed, and that's not considered something that that uh, you should wait till after Cholamoed to be done. Again, anything that can be done after Cholamoed, you shouldn't do it on Cholamoed. And the reason why is because it causes pain to the... Exactly, it's Tzar Baal it's pain for the for the animal, so therefore you can definitely do it. Aval Chamra Derecha Lo. He says over here, you should not have a Chamor, a, a donkey being the one to be tied to the Rechaim and rolling with the Rechaim because that is considered, I guess it's what it's best at doing, and that would be considered already production and not survival mode or eating mode. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, Rav Yehuda Shari Lemishkal Turfei Lechamra de Rechaya Okay, a couple things he says. So Rav Yehuda allows to Lemishkal Turfei in order to cut the nails or the hooves of a chamra dirachaya of the donkey that pushes the, the the millstone and also and also to put the one of the millstones on top of another and also to build a brand new millstone okay and also to build this um, wooden structure to support the whole millstone and also to build a like a corral or something around the uh, around your your animals 
These are all things you're allowed to do on Cholamoid. Again, the concept is, is because all this would be considered a loss or unlivable without it. And then that's allowed to be done on Cholamoid. Next. Um, Rav Shara Lisruke Susia. So Rav allows to brush the hair of your of your of your of your horse even with a metal metal comb which would be considered a real malacha but it's still allowed to be done because i guess it'd be a loss or un, uh, inconvenient for the animal and yourself if you don't do it and you're also allowed to build the the uh, food uh, well, how do you call it? The food container like that it eats from? Or something, the trough. trough. There we go. There the trough. Go. The food. The food container that it eats from. Ulmivne itztava, and you're allowed to build a stone bench all on cholamoid. Rava says you're allowed to do bloodletting to your animal on cholamoid. Um, again, it's for the animals. It's for the animal's health, and you're not doing it for. I don't know, to, for fun or to waste time or just for the sake of doing malacha. You're doing it because there's a certain special need. Um, Amar Leia Abaye. Like a lot of these fall into the Tsar Balakai. Yeah, the yeah. The the yes, Leia. Also the Sruke, also the, yeah. the brushing of the hair. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Amar Leia Abaye Abaye says, Tanya de Misaya Lecha. Abaye tells, tells uh, Rava, there's a Braita that, that works in your uh, in your support, to your to your benefit. Makizin Dam the Behema. You're allowed to... Um, bloodlet to your animal, right. and you're not allowed to hold back any type form of healing to your animal on Cholamoid. Again, Tzar Balachayim. Rava, moving on, Rava Shara, Rava permitted the Chaschusei Kirma. So Rava permitted to iron your clothes. Although we know you're not allowed to wash clothes on Cholamoid, this is not a halacha class, so we're not going to speak about the different leniencies or loopholes, how to wash clothes, but just for argument's sake, Chazal said, I think we learned it already earlier in the Masechet. You're not allowed to wash clothes because you're gonna, you might. Okay, again, not a halacha class, but I'll just tell you what the Mishnayos and the Gemara says. <laughs> you're not allowed to wash clothes. You're not allowed to shave or cut hair on cholamoid. And the reason for those two is because you might say, "Hey, what's the point of me getting ready for the first part of the holiday, wearing clean clothes and shaving and cutting my hair? I might, I could always do it in the middle of the two holidays." So Chachamim said, in order for a person not to come. Uh, dirty, ungroomed to the first part of the holiday, they prohibited grooming or washing your clothes yourself in the middle of the holidays. Yeah, remember we spoke about that? It's, it's not a new concept. Halachically, speak to my wine stock about halachically. But I'm just telling you what the, what the Mishnah and what the Gemara is saying. The exceptions to the so rule. So here, exactly. Yeah. So here we're saying, even though you can't wash your clothes on Cholamoed, you're allowed to iron them because that's not considered a real malacha that's taking a clean clothes that's taking clean, clean right no one's no one's even if it's not freshly clean but no one's taking a soiled shirt and 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 <laughs> and, iron and, and ironing it that that's 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 ridiculous okay so that's number one he says you're allowed to um iron your clothes um from from the from the uh, i don't know from it being all crinkled up my time, why is he say it's mutter? Because it's masahed yotu. Because it is a <coughs> regular uh, malacha. It's not something that you need someone professional. It's not a professional or a real exerted malacha. Okay, now. Amar Rav Yitzchak, Bar Ami, Amar Rav Chista, Kiture Bire Asir. Um, to make yourself a, um, what's the word, a cuff on it your... Says pleat, 
Okay, to pleat to pleat your sleeves, to pleat a sleeve on cholamod is prohibited. Why? My time because it is a professional thing. It's not like ironing. Anyone can iron, and if you don't iron it exactly perfectly, it's not you know it's not the end of the world. But to to make pleats. In, in, in your clothes, that's already a, a real maise, and maise uman, it's a professional job, professional thing, and you're not allowed to do that mm-hmm. on cholamoid. Amarava, man de matkil ara adaita de beidari shari, adaita de ara asir. Okay, so Amarava, Rava says, one who digs the ground up. And it's trying to level out. The, let's just put it that way. It's trying to level out the ground. Um, there's a there's a time where it's allowed to be done and time where it's not allowed to be done. If it's done, adata debe diary. If it's done, in order just to prepare the ground to thresh on it, then it would be permitted. But adata de ara. If you're doing it with the intention in order to plow the ground, that's not allowed because again, plowing on. Cholamoid, you have absolutely no need for it on Cholamoid because by the time you plow and you plant and it grows and you eat, that's not happening within six days or five days, whatever you want to call it. But in order to prepare the ground to thresh, yeah, if you have a grain, you can thresh it, you can winnow it, you can, you can, take, you can do all the steps to, necessary within a day or two to turn that into real bread and then that would be permitted. So that's the difference. If you're doing it just to prepare a threshing ground or if you're preparing to make a to make a plowing ground. Plowing ground's not allowed, threshing ground would be allowed. Hey Chidami, so what's the case? What's the case of evening out this land that we're talking about depending on your intention if it is permitted or not? So the Gemara answers Mulya Bemulya if so Mulya Mulya un Vinatsa Binatsa. So, if you're taking high mounds and moving them around from one high mound to another high mound, and uh, in di- different ditches, moving the, the, the dirt that's at the bottom of a ditch to another ditch, that's Adaita. Now, we're changing the Girsa in the Gemara. We're going to go with the Bach and Rashi, because it makes more sense that way. You see the little bet over there is going to change the Girsa. So, if it's mulya bemulya vinatsa binatsa, if you're moving around the ground from, from the top of mounds and from the depths of different pits, that is adaita, change it to de'ara. Then that is for the um, intention of the ground, meaning for a plowing ground, and then that would not be allowed. But shakal mulya vishadanitsa adaita debeidari. If you are now leveling out the ground, you're taken from, from the t- mounds and you're putting them and you're filling them up in the in the in the in the ditches, then you're obviously making it for a threshing ground, and then that would be permitted. The concept of why would a person move dirt around from one mound to another mound and move move dirt from one ditch to another ditch, which is prohibited, is because what you're trying to do is you're trying to like activate the ground, make it softer in order to when you come and plow. It's, and, and then throw the seeds in, it's going to plant nicely. So that's not allowed. But if you're trying to literally level it out by taking mounds and throwing that um, throwing that into ditches, then you're trying to just prove that you're making a flat surface to thresh, and then that would be permitted. Okay? Mm-hmm. Again, a little detail. Vama Rava. Now, Rava comes and also says, Haiman Dezachi Okay, a person that comes now, and he's cleaning out the trees, or logs, let's put it that way, logs from his ground... If it's adata ditsivi shari, if he's doing it for the intention to burn that those logs, that wood that he's collecting, perfect. It's allowed on chalamoid. You need to keep warm. 
You yeah. need to have light. You need to be able to cook. Fine. But a die to the ira, if he's doing it in order to clean the land and to make his, his yard look good, Asir, that is prohibited to be done. Again, Cholamot is not a time that Chazal gave us for extra gardening and, and doing all the things, the odds and ends we can't get down all year. Rather, it's only Le'ochel Nefesh Bilvad, whatever you absolutely need. Question. Yeah, um, isn't most of this really with relation to that this is an agrarian society and that it's not like yes. us where it would necessarily be for like a hobby but more for like this is your business or this is the manner in which you feed the family you know okay you know like if you are a gardener and you don't work on and then you won't be able to put food on the table for the second part of the holiday then you're for sure allowed to do it well yeah if you are a gardener and if you don't work during Cholamod and you'll lose your job, meaning you have enough money in the bank to survive the week or to survive the right, month, right. but you'll lose your job, then there's also an allowance to work on Cholamod. But we're talking about a person who's not a gardener and just for leisure, they are deciding to mow the lawn now and to... and, right. and to, so doing, trying to get the context. So, so the... doing that on Cholamod, it's, I mean, yeah. again, halakhically speak to your LOR, local Orthodox rabbi, uh-huh. but... Um, I, I would say prohibited. yeah yeah you would have to find a real reason why to allow mm-hmm. yourself more now if the guy comes to Moland on Cholamoy if you need different. to shoot them away I don't think we need to go that far but but for you yourself to Moland on Cholamoy again I don't think it would be the right thing to do, but I mean, we could look look into it further. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to come and explain <clears throat> what this whole idea of collecting all the logs and sticks right in the in the in the uh yeah, for cultivation for, it says it's right so if it's or. again if it's exactly if it's to prepare the land to do something to it that's non cholamoidic that's not a point pro, pro, you're not allowed to do that but if it's to collect the, the the sticks or the logs in order to burn them for firewood or whatever the case is that would be permitted so hey Hidami, what's the case that it would be what, what are we talking about over here how do we know what if what, what your what your intention is to use it for so if you're taking only the big logs and you're leaving the little the little twigs, well, adapted the TV. So then we know that you're doing it in order to use it for burnt for firewood, and then it'd be permitted. But if the guy is coming and taking the big logs and also the little sticks, ah, adapted the Well, then we know you're taking it for the need of the land in order to come and plow it and 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 and, and plant over there, and then that would be pro. Vama Rava and Rava goes on to say, A person who makes an opening to his, um, let's say he has some type of uh, pool of water that he opens and he opens it for the water to come out into on, onto his ground, onto his land. Okay? If, now again, the Gemara is going to explain as follows. Adat Dekavri, if he's doing it in order to catch fish, then Shari. If he's doing it for the intention to water the land, you're not allowed to water the land on, on, on Cholamoit, again, unless it, everything's going to die. If you're just trying to water it to upkeep it, then that would not be allowed. So, Hechidami, what's the case? How do I know what your intention is? If your intention is to fish and it'd be permitted, or if your intention is to water the land, and then it would be prohibited. So, Hechidami, it says as follows. Patach if you're opening two openings from that pool, one at the top and one at the bottom, ah, then it's a data recovery, and then it would be allowed. Because your intention is, is to open up the bottom, let the water, but really the fish come out, and then open the top part for it to refill that pool and allow more fish to come in. Hmm. 
It's a little weird, right? But patachad bava. If you're only opening up one of the op- one opening, meaning at the bottom, adat then it's obvious that you don't care for the fish. You are just doing it in order to water your your ground. Okay, moving on. Ve'amar Rava Hayman defashach dikla. Rava says there's a person now who's coming and he's cutting his palm tree. Okay. Are you allowed to do that on Cholamoid? If you're doing it in order to give food to your animal, Shari. If you're trying to just prune your tree in order to make it grow stronger and nicer, then that would be prohibited on Cholamoid. So, hey, Chidami, how would I know what the guy's intention is? What's he, what's he doing? So, as follows. Shakil kule michad gisa. If he's only taken off from one side of the tree, well, then obviously, then de chevata. Then he's doing it with the uh, intention that um, to, feed, to feed the animal. But if he's cutting it and pruning it on both sides, uh, and then he's just chucking it to the animal, the animal's barely eating it, well, then you know he's sketching it and he's just trying to. Prune his animal, uh, prune his tree, and that would be prohibited. Next case, and also in the name of Rava, Vama Rava and Rava says, "Hani tamri tuchlani." These um, pr- um, uh, dates, which were uh, fully, um, how do you call it? Fully ripened. Okay, migrazinhu shari. If you're cutting them. Uh, uh, open open on Yom Tov, uh, it is pro- uh, permitted. So we're going to explain exactly like what the point is, okay? But Maitzinhu Asir, if you go and you put them now into um, this certain, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to like squeeze them out. Yeah, what do you have over there? It says that they're, they're unripe, Dave. Sorry, my bad. Okay. That's okay. If you have unripe dates, what you're allowed to do... Did you say that you can cut them? Uh, sorry, yes. Unripened dates, you're allowed to slice them open in order that they could start becoming ripe. Again, you'll be able to use it now. Okay. But if they're unripened and what you're trying to do is you're trying to... Um, press them into something. Press them and, and get all the juice out of them uh-huh. in order to preserve them for later, that is prohibited was that was that even like a thing i mean date juice, yeah the, the, guessing, no the date juice is going to the garbage it's the dates itself they used to make um um date cakes oh. that's the way they would preserve the dates also they would do they would take the dates squeeze them out and press them you've never you they, they do sell um like dried dried dates, dates yeah. or, or or dried or dried figs and you yeah, see yeah, they're yeah. like they're like Really real, pressed and compressed together. Yeah, yeah. That's a way to preserve them. They get the juice out, which is what could spoil them, and then they just dry them up and press them together. Oh, okay. So doing that on chalamoid cannot be allowed because again, that's not for today. Right. It's not for this week. But to slice them open in order, and and that would allow the juice to come out. That would be a way to ripen them for now, for this week. Mm. That would be permitted. Okay. Okay. Um, moving on, we are at Papa Amar. Kevan Demitlai Kevan Demitlai Rapapa says that since they would become spoiled mm-hmm. So he even permits to squeeze them up into a date into a date cake because if you don't do that then there'll be lo- a loss and then if there's a loss in any type of business on Cholamoid we know that that is permitted to do on Cholamoid. 
Vama Rabba and Rabba now goes and speaks about doing business on Cholamoid. Vama Rabba Prakmatia Kolshahu Asir. So he says any type of business, business meaning buying and selling, would be Asir to do on Cholamoid. Vama Rabba Yosef Baravin Ubedvar Ha'avid Mutar. If it's something that would be a loss, for example, let's say it is produce, and it would be a loss if you don't sell it now, then you would definitely allow to be to 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 sell it, okay? Or if, again, if the prices are known to be going to be dropping, and then you're going to have you know a major loss, then that would be also permitted to do. Ravina Havaleha who iska mizdabin bishita alfe, okay? So. Ravina had a certain business, the Habib Mizdabn Bishita Alfe. He had six thousand. It, it was, it was, it was it, the, the business that he had, or the produce that he had, was worth six thousand zoos. Okay. Um, that he waited to sell after meaning he had a permission to sell it. Now he was maybe going to lose, it was 6,000 zoos. He waited till after Cholamoid, and Vizavne betrays our Alfe, and he sold it for 12,000 zoos. So he, Hashem rewarded him <laughs> for not, for not, uh, he had to donate the, the balance. Yeah, right. Knesset, I don't right? know, right. Yeah. But he, Hashem rewarded him for not doing that. Next case, Ravina Havamasik Zuze Bivne Akra De Shanvata. So, um, Ravina had, was uh, at a certain place that was called Shanvata, and that's where uh, those, pe- those people owed him money. So Ravina was owed money from a certain place that was called Shanvata. It, 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 and here it tells you that it's the bank of some river. Oh, they were traveling. They were Regional traveling bank of the Shanvata right River. Then, and Kolomoy, they were at, they were camped at that. And then I owed him money? They owed him, so they, yeah. They're saying, like, they, you can approach them now. Okay, so, so they came in front of Ravashi. Can I go today to collect the money? He told him, Ravashi answered, answered Ravina, So basically, there was a certain group of people who were traveling by Ravina, and they owed him money, and if he doesn't go and collect them from today, he's he not going to get it tomorrow. Yeah. That's considered a loss, and he's able to to get it from him. Um, I think we should stop here because it's yeah. going to move on to something else. Sure? Yeah, we'll the, 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 the it's, 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 it's starting a whole new thing about Avodah Zarah and Akum oh, and stuff, okay. so we'll, start, we'll stop here. Right. Amen, amen.